Heartbreak. I know you've heard of it. I know you know what it is, at least on a surface level, and I know surely enough we all experience it in some shape, way, or form. But let's talk about what heartbreak does exactly from a psychological perspective and why it hurts so damn much. So the first thing to recognize is whenever we talk about heartbreak, now whether it be in a romantic aspect or whether it be, it could even be a family member breaking your heart. We want to think about the intensity of the emotion involved. If you're not very involved in something, like if you don't care about something a lot and then it doesn't go your way, you're not going to be heartbroken about it. Why? It didn't mean as much to you. But when you invest a lot of your time, a lot of your energy, when you put a lot of care into something or someone into a relationship, now, if things don't go the way that you hoped, that's when it hurts us the most. So when we think about heartbreak and how we get our hearts broken, we have to understand a little bit about defense mechanisms, avoidance, how one even gets their heart broken, and what people do after the fact. So if we recognize that in order to get my heart broken, I have to be involved. I have to be vulnerable. I have to have given something. I have to have given a certain amount of my time or energy or my thought into a person, which can then allow them to break my heart if they so choose. That's why and oftentimes when people who are coming out of relationships or things that didn't go that well, you often hear things like, I'm not going to date again, or I'm going to stay on my own, or I need some space. Why? Because the one way that you are sure to prevent heartbreak is to stay alone. As long as you stay alone and you're not talking to other people and you're not getting romantically involved, you can't get your heart broken. So the avoidant person does what? They say, I am an independent person and I am much safer being on my own. I prefer to be on my own. But what happens when that avoidant person starts feeling lonely, right? And now we have this dialect. How can you be a person who in one breath wants to be in a relationship, but in that same breath does everything they can to get away from one? Why? Because we don't want to get our heart broken again. What happens when you get romantically involved with someone? You put a lot into the relationship, you care a lot about them, and then they do something that you weren't expecting. They do something that is not congruent with the expectations that you had going into this relationship. Maybe they grow out of love. Maybe they grow into a different person that is different from the one you fell in love with in the first place. And they sit you down, you have a heart to heart, and you go, look, I don't see this going any further. Like, why does that hurt so much? Well, first of all, all those amazing moments that you had together, we don't realize that that stuff is finite. Like, we know, oh, okay, we're not going to live forever, so it's not infinite. But we don't think about, oh, what if this person leaves me tomorrow or next week or next month? So we kind of just, it's very easy to take those things for granted. When you go out for a walk with your partner, when you go out and grab a drink, when you see them smile and laugh and have a good time. So the moment a relationship ends, that's when the realization sinks in of, we're not going to have any more of those moments. That's it. I, 
we never get to experience that, at least not between each other anymore. Let's take a more harsh example. If your partner does something terrible towards you, whether it be rude, whether it be disrespectful, whether it's pushing your boundaries, whether it's being unfaithful, not only is splitting up hard, but you have to understand what led to the breakup. You, you ever hear things like people say, oh, it was a nasty breakup. It was a bad split versus a good breakup. What does that mean? Like, think about that for a moment. It was a nasty split. Did one person not want to go? What led up to it? What were the emotions like at the time? So the tricky thing happens when you leave someone or if they leave you and it's a quote-unquote nasty breakup, you have to think about all the little things that accumulated until you folks split. And then it becomes an idea of identity. Because what oftentimes we do is we don't just say, oh, I am a person who's dating this person. You go, no, 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 I'm a person who's in a relationship. What is girlfriend? Girlfriend is an identity. Boyfriend is an identity. Wife, husband is an identity. I am a husband. I am a wife. And if my boyfriend leaves me, I'm no longer his girlfriend. I'm just me. So when we think about heartbreak, not only is it we don't get to experience those moments and all the other baggage and things and the distress, but it influences our identity. You lose a little bit of yourself. And that's not an exaggeration. You lose that title. So in a sense, heartbreak is not only the sadness or the anger or the frustration one feels when there's like a literal separation when that person leaves your life. But it's also the loss of how you view yourself psychologically. It's like, I was somebody's partner and today I'm not. What happened? And here's where we use narratives to help us understand our lives. So what is the narrative here? Maybe it's a narrative of, I was too good for her. I was too kind to her. She took advantage of me. Maybe it's a narrative of, she was out of my league. I knew she was going to leave me. It's only a matter of time. Maybe it's a narrative of, I struck gold with her. Now that she's gone, I'll never find someone else. Maybe it's a narrative of, all men are like this or all women are like this. And I'm glad we broke up and I never want to date again and blah, 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 blah. So what ends up happening is, not only is it that one event, but it's the impact that it has on our beliefs in relation to ourselves and about relationships. Sit down with a person who's 25, 35, 45 and ask them about relationships. Hey man, like don't, they don't have to be personal, but general tips about relationships and listen to what they say. Someone might say something like, look, um, if you're someone in your mid twenties, don't worry about getting into a relationship. That's for when you're in your mid thirties. Don't worry about it. Someone else says, look, you want to get into a relationship as early as possible. Someone else says, stick your boundaries early. Don't ever accommodate. Someone else says, don't worry about boundaries. Accommodate a lot more. Be a lot more open-minded. And what you end up recognizing is what many of these individuals are saying. It's not as simple as saying it's right or wrong. 
but their beliefs about relationships have been defined by their experiences. In other words, experiential learning. And what ends up happening is when we learn through experience, it's hard to think differently. Why? If you tell me in your last two relationships, both of your partners were unfaithful, and then I'm trying to tell you, no, man, it's not like that. It's hard to have a conversation without invalidating you. Because no matter what I say, look, man, I know, I, I don't know what it feels like, but it sounds terrible. You didn't deserve what happened to you. I'm so sorry. But I don't think we can make a blanket statement and say, insert, you know, whatever, male or females are this way just because of your sample size of two. And even though what I'm saying is very logical, it's very, you know, from a researcher's perspective, do you think that's what that person needs in that moment? Especially if they're heated, if they're emotionally intense, and it's right after the breakup, when they haven't had a chance to cool down? Folks, I'm invalidating them. So then you play this kind of middle ground where if you're going through heartbreak, and whatever your story is, whatever the narrative is that you've clung on to, women are worthless, I'm worthless, I'm not good enough, she took advantage of me, why did I let her take advantage of me? Lord knows all these narratives that we can spin. But when we're sad and terrible and, and ashamed, like, as a friend, as a family member, and you want to help this person, we got to be careful about what we say. Because if we agree with their statements and their beliefs, we're just going to help them double down. But if we completely disagree with their beliefs, they're going to sit there and go, well, look at everything I've gone through. Look at everything I've done. I've seen my relationships end up like this with my own eyes two different times. And you're telling me this is wrong? When we talk about heartbreak, there are two emotions that I really want to hammer home that we want to be very, very, very careful of. And I know I've made videos before about emotions being messengers and us recognizing that all emotions have a place. However, however, when I was doing some research looking at psychologists talking about emotions and the impacts that different emotions have on our lives, there's a theoretical orientation known as compassion-focused therapy or compassion-based therapy. And the whole, one of the fundamental hallmarks of this therapy said, look, two emotions these two kind of things cripple someone mentally without exception if you hold these two it is very hard to navigate life in a good way what were those two emotions shame and guilt if you're walking around in life and you're carrying shame like you shame yourself and or you have guilt it is extremely hard to be in a good mood, to carry yourself with your chin up and your shoulders back. A hundred and something years ago, Dr. Sigmund Freud said, look, you think anger towards other people is bad. Anger towards yourself? It's something else. He, and he actually quoted, he's quoted by saying, depression is anger towards the self. And he wanted to highlight how absolutely toxic and vicious it is when you have that contentment and that resentment not for someone else i mean that's that's bad too i don't mean to compare better or worse but it's something else when it's for you when you were in a relationship you got taken advantage of and now not only are you mad at her you're angry at yourself 
and you feel ashamed that she took advantage of you and you feel guilty for for letting her do that to you or letting him do that to you and guess what if you're angry at somebody you can stop texting them you can stop going on instagram you can block them what do you do when you've got a problem with yourself when you leave the party and you go home and you look in the mirror and guess who it is the person who you have a problem with, the person who you're ashamed of, the person who you're guilty of, is staring you in the eyes. And then you go to sleep at night, knowing that that person's there. Shame and guilt, folks, are extremely horrible on the body. I, I cannot emphasize this enough. Like, I'm going to have to do a video just specifically on why those two are so horrible in every aspect of life. But I'm sure people get it, right? When I say shame and guilt, you can quickly understand how that can snowball into terrible things in every single aspect of your life. What happens when you're shaming yourself all the time? Well, what happens to your identity? Let's play this out. Billy is a good kid. Billy gets into a relationship with Samantha. They don't see eye to eye. Maybe Samantha had some emotional issues that she had to deal with in therapy, which she didn't. She unloads it on Billy. Acts rude, acts disrespectfully. Long story short, they end up breaking up. Billy gets his heart broken. He feels ashamed that this went on for so long. And he feels guilty about it. Now, the relationship's over. She's blocked. But he still feels shame. It's as if he's getting bullied or reminded of it every single day. Why? Because he's having those thoughts. And he feels guilty. And unfortunately, one of the really tricky things about when we talk about emotions is we oftentimes talk about emotions as being as messengers, like I literally said a couple of minutes ago. But, and here's the crazy thing, just because you feel something doesn't mean it's true. Hear me out. When you think about the relationship that didn't go right and you feel terrible, like you feel really, really sad, doesn't mean it's true. Follow me here. You're not gaslighting yourself. Like you really feel those feelings. But that doesn't mean that... It doesn't mean that that, that reality where you're having those feelings is objective. What I mean is... The only reason you're feeling that way is because of the way you've interpreted said event. Like, if I'm in a relationship with someone and they treat me terribly and then we break up, I can have thoughts of, I should have ended it earlier. I shouldn't have let her do that to me. I should have had greater boundaries, which will, without a doubt, play an influence in the emotions that I feel. But if I can take back and recognize that, you know what, look, I'm not saying those aren't true. But then you could also say, she shouldn't have treated me that way. She should have known better. She should have been more considerate. So when we change the way we look at something, and all of a sudden, the moment I start pointing the gun at her, guess what happens to my feelings? I won't feel as ashamed anymore. I won't feel as guilty anymore. So the tricky thing becomes, we talk about accepting our emotions, but we also have to recognize just because I feel something, very much like our thoughts, just because I think something, doesn't mean it's a fact. If you make me angry, 
I don't immediately go, well, this emotion's correct because I feel angry. And if I feel something, it has to be right. Why do I feel angry? I feel angry because the bus is five minutes late. Do you hear what I mean, folks? There's a very fine line where you're thinking, well, look, you should be punctual. The bus says it's going to be here at 8.30. I'm here at 8.30. It's not here. But there's also a part of you that goes, look, this, this is a bit silly. Like, I have to adjust my expectations and make leeway that the bus, like any system that we have, is not perfect. Nothing is. And there will even be, in a freaking amazing system, there will still be flaws. And when I change the way that I look, it will have an impact on the intensity of the emotions that I feel. So this is a really, really big one to unpack. I don't want to throw a lot on you. So I just want to leave you with this. When going through heartbreak, recognize it's not only the events that made you feel upset. And be careful not to gaslight yourself. Okay, it's entirely possible someone does something, it makes you feel upset. That doesn't mean you should think things like, I shouldn't be upset because no, 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 back it up. That's way too early for this conversation. The only thing we've established is that when someone does something heartbreaking, it's because you invested time into it. You care a lot about it. It means you had the courage to be vulnerable. Okay, they break your heart and it sucks and it hurts. And then people create different narratives, whether it be about that group of people, whether it be about themselves, whether it be about the world, whether it be about relationships in the future. And then that can oftentimes be associated with emotions of shame and guilt, especially if something happened to us or if we're being unfairly critical of ourselves. This is often true for people who are harder on themselves than for the other people. And again, with the loss of a relationship, not only do I not get to see them again, but a part of me changes. I lose a part of my identity. And that has an unbelievable impact on us going forward. So if you or someone who you know is going through a breakup and they're having a really, really, really hard time, keep in mind, the importance of emotions, the fact that just because you feel it doesn't mean it's true. And like, what did I, where did this emotion come from? Like, why, why do I feel this way? Oh, I feel this way because she did that. Okay. Her doing that. What did that mean? Oh, that means she doesn't care about me. Like, okay. Okay. This isn't about healing. Cause that's way too early. This is just about understanding that our brain and our bodies and our emotions are extremely complicated. And if we could just solve it in the snap of our fingers, folks, there would be no need for psychologists or psychiatrists. So this stuff is tricky. I applaud your patience and I thank you for sticking with me. Take care of yourselves, everybody. Stay safe. Bye-bye.